This is the Chiefs' official podcast network. Take advantage of the day. When you get an opportunity in this game, you make a play. The playmakers on three. One, two, three. Touchdown, Kansas City. The Chiefs are right in the thick of it, baby. Hello again, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Defending the Kingdom. It is our Play the Team in Front of You episode of Defending the Kingdom. It is brought to you by 360 Vodka, uh, the official vodka of the Kansas City Chiefs, perfect for the holidays, perfect for your next tailgate, the next home game, of course, against the Broncos. But first things first, and that is the rematch of the AFC Championship game. When the schedule came out uh, early in the spring, they thought, whoop, there it is, and it's uh, in December. Second week of December, and it's going to be in Foxborough, Massachusetts, the Chiefs against the New England Patriots. The first quarter of our Defending the Kingdom podcast in this episode, play the team in front of you. Mitch Holtis with you, along with Sean Barber, a.k.a. Barbershop, a.k.a. The Shop, a.k.a. Spider-Man. And Shop, I will say this. Make sure you play the 2019 Patriots. Don't play the, It's not the team you played in the AFC Championship game. It's not the team you blew out in 17. It's not the team you had a 43-40 game uh, in the regular season last year. And it's not the Patriots of the last 20 years. It's this team. Now, football at any level, there are times you play a ghost. Don't play a ghost. This team's good. New England's good. They're 10-2. and two. But play this team. What about that dynamic? Yeah, we heard Sam Donald um, on Monday Night Football say one of the biggest gaffes ever at the quarterback position. Goes to the sideline telling everybody, hey, man, I'm seeing ghosts. And at that point, you know the defense had him. Uh, when you think when 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 you are seeing guys coming to attack you, they ain't even there. It's impossible to play that position at quarterback. You can't lead a team when you're seeing blitzers or pressure, um, and the other team ain't even bringing uh, ain't even bringing no pressure. So we we know where that that phrase comes from. Um, but we're using it in a term where we don't want uh, we don't want our team this year, the 2019 Chiefs, to think they need to be playing the Patriots of old. They're not playing against the. Uh, uh, the, the the Patriots they have Gronkowski. They're not playing against the Patriots with Falk at the running back and uh, Randy Moss at the wide receiver. Uh, any of the uh, Wes Walker back at the slot receiver. Um, this team is very defined about who they would like to attack, where they would like to attack, and of course the strength of this team has definitely swapped um, from offense now to defense. Their defense is what uh, most teams need to be fearing. Um, not Tom Brady in their offense. And it's no disrespect to the 2019 New England Patriots, so don't get us wrong and send this to Foxborough, and they'll listen to it anyway. They listen. To <laughs> so this will be in code. We've got some cryptid messages out there for the Chiefs' kingdom uh, so that the Patriots won't crack the code. No disrespect. It's just you alluded to it. This is a different Patriot team. They're doing things differently. I'll get to them in the second quarter, who they remind me of. Uh, but this is a Patriot team. But you've seen this as an athlete. Um, and when you were at UR, you guys would play some you know, bigger schools. Uh, or in your 10 years in the National Football League, you cannot play the reputation of a team. Yeah. I, I've seen games, broadcast games, where you're like, wait a minute, these teams are way more even than the perception is. Mm-hmm. Um, and this has turned into a heck of a rivalry now. I mean, the Chiefs have put 112 points on these dudes the last three, three times they've played them. But mentally and emotionally and physically, just to prepare yourself, and even the Chiefs' kingdom to prepare themselves, just play this team. Play this game. Don't think about the playoffs. Don't think about last year in January. 
play this December second week against this team. Yeah, we talk about you know um, seeing ghosts on the radio. You hear you hear radio guys all the time talking about like who's the favorite in the AFC. Oh, you know the Ravens are playing great right now, but hey man, you know New England until you beat them, um, you know the the road to the playoffs still goes to New England. And I'm looking at them like. Have you been watching the NFL season? Have you have you really watched any game this year? Did you watch them struggle to beat Buffalo by a block kick? Did you watch them uh, um, struggle against the Dolphins, the struggle um, against the Jets, barely uh, a Jets team that only has a few wins? Um, have you seen this team a tripping uh, call against the tripping Cowboys. against the Cowboys yeah. uh, against the Cowboys team that's six and six, yeah. struggling to, like 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 th- this vaulted. New England dynasty that you want to say the, the championship to the AFC crown goes through New England, that team just hasn't been playing like uh, lights out. They haven't been playing the way that we've seen the, the Patriots of old uh, dominate their division and, and dominate. They've won games. You have to take your hat off. you got to give them credit. They've won games. Um, but the way they've won it has been a completely different way than, than historically. The one historical thing that we can take claim to here is the fact that you have the two active winningest coaches in the NFL. Um, On the radio on Sunday, I'm going to talk about this. You think, well, let's go back in time. Let's go back. I wonder what it's like to have Hallis go against Lombardi, right? (laughs) The Bears against the Packers. Or, or, uh, let's see, Landry against Shula. You've got that in this game. The cool thing to me about this game is the whole punch, counterpunch, chess. What's what's he thinking? Because to me – we all know Bill Belichick and the genius of Belichick. But to me, Andy Reid is one of the few guys that Belichick's going, what's he thinking over there? And I don't think there's a lot of those guys in that category. No, it's not. It's, I mean, he, he knows that the team he has to beat in the postseason, um, he's, he's thinking about the Patriots. Um, he's thinking about the uh, the Ravens offense, right? He's going he's gonna to be thinking about that for the rest of the year. How If, <laughs> if Lamar comes back in this building, how if I got to go to Baltimore, how am I going to – uh, defend that 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 triple headed monster over there, and Mahomes. Like, how am I going to defend the MVP? Those are the two things that Bill Belichick knows. At some point in the season, it's going to come down to him having to defend Pat Mahomes, uh, maybe Deshaun Watson, or Lamar, uh, or Lamar, Lamar Jackson. Jackson. Um, and those are the three the, the, the three opponents that he probably is staying up at late at night preparing some willy-nilly, uh, um, um, some gadget defenses to try to trick these guys to because he knows it's, it's going to be a possession ball game. It's going to be a game where you got to possess the ball last and you got to be in striking distance. If you, have a, if you have a chance to win and you have the ball last, there's a good, good percentage of chance you're going to win that ball game. Yeah, we're going to get that in the third quarter a little bit, the whole trick them, smoke them, and their stuff. <laughs> uh, and Mahomes being prepared to play against it. Belichick also, though, has to come to the realization the last three times he's played the Chiefs, he has given up 42, 40, and 30, uh, even though he shut out the Chiefs at halftime in the AFC Championship game. Second quarter of our Defending the Podcast, play the team in front of you. I have seen the 2019 Patriots before, and get ready for this, drum roll on our podcast network, the 2013 Kansas City Chiefs. Andy Reid's first team, the team that went from 2-14 and 14 to 9-0. and 0. The reason? Let me just go down the list here. Defensively, yeah. they have six uh, – they have 29 takeaways, 29, 20 interceptions, and they've come from all three levels, D-line, backers, mm-hmm. DBs. Two, they have six non-offensive scores, six touchdowns, not from their offense, two scooping scores, two pick sixes, they have three block kicks, Barbershop, two of which they returned for touchdowns. 
This is not the Patriot team that you alluded to earlier that is slinging the ball all over the infield or slinging it long to Randy Moss. They're figuring out different ways to win, and they wait for you to make the mistake. They lurk, they lurk, they lurk. You make a mistake, wham, they got you. Yeah, they got you because, like you said, they have you playing the team of three years ago. Mm-hmm. You, you, you take risks, you take chances because you say the Patriots are going to put up 40 points tonight. So I got to go for it on fourth down. I got to do something that's outside, you know, that doesn't make sense. I got to, I got to, uh, um, I got to, I got to make sure that our our, our, our punt wings are, are are moved in enough. Or moved, I got to make sure we 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 adjust to the the, the zone side versus the man side. Um, and, and punt rush, punt coverage. Um, they have you doing so many things that are just like not fundamentally sound football because they have you chasing those ghosts. But if we talk about those special team and those defensive plays they've made. You would have thought that they have won every game by 20 points. Mm-hmm. If you take a, 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 a average offense and add that kind of defense, there was one point, I think, going into week seven where they've only given up one trip into the red zone. In seven weeks of NFL football, the offensive play, the, the team they played has only visited the, the red zone against their defense one time. That is lights out defense. Giving up one score in the first seven games, like that's lights out. That's the kind of defense that you put together with the average offense, and you win by 17 points every game. But we haven't saw that. Their offensive struggles have been saved uh, by their defenses being uh, out of this world almost. Um, but they're now coming back to the pack. That that outstanding out of this world defense is starting to regress a little bit back to the pack, and they're relying on their offense now to try to make plays, extend the, the game, uh, make a play at the end, and they weren't able to do it against the Ravens, um, and they weren't able to do it last week. Yeah, and the 2013 Chiefs love that team because they got the Chiefs back on the map after a miserable uh, 2012. However, that team also came back to the pack in December. And losing the 45-44 playoff game at the Colts, it came back to the pack. Things started to even out on that team, although I love that team. Uh, but that was a building block team. Yes. That wasn't a team to make the run for the show. Because this goes to another point about this New England team, and you've alluded to it. Not just their defense. We mentioned the six or the uh, three block kicks. Three block kicks. There's only five than the rest of the league. 30 teams have five combined. Uh, these guys have three. But the other one is the 2013 Chiefs resemblance in that commanding special teams. The New England Patriots are number one in the NFL at their average starting field position. They start on the average at the 33. They are also number one where the opponent starts theirs, which starts at the 25. And at home, it's even more pronounced. Mm-hmm. So it's if you can imagine the football field on a grid, just look at it on a, on a computer chart, the 13 Chiefs always had the field position in their favor. That's what the Patriots have done. Yeah. They block kicks, they scoop and score, and, oh, we'll just have field position all day. It's a unique study of these guys because it is different from some of their teams of the past. Yeah, and it's, and it's caused them to evolve and find a whole other way to play that Patriot way. It's not, the, it's not the, oh, just give Tom the ball. He'll find a way to run it a pass. He'll find a way to continue to get first down, first down touchdowns. Um, he'll find uh, Edelman open. Um, you know, they, 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 they found some – People defensively have found ways to kind of stymie the offense, um, forcing Tom Brady to go some to some receivers. He's not really comfortable with it right now um, during the season. And their running game hasn't been able to bail them out. So it's been their special teams, their defense, that field position um, has been saving them, causing them short fields, 
Um, they've gone through a couple of field goal kickers, which is uncommon for them. Uh, a franchise that had Anna, Adam Vittiteri there for half his life, and then Gronkowski uh, there for the other half his life. Uh, throughout this Patriot dynasty, they've only had two kickers to rely on, and they've been t- t- two of the most reliable kickers in NFL history. Um, so their special team coach, he doesn't have that luxury to rely on that anymore either. Um, so now they're on a, a, an additional kicker uh, with the appendectomy. Uh, the surgery that the uh, yeah, uh, folk the kid went through, yeah. appendicitis that he went through, uh, has forced him to another kicker. Um, so they're, they're facing some challenges there. Um, but even after all those challenges, uh, you, you got to take your hat off because they found a way to make sure they have at least one point more than their opponent. Yeah, they brought in the fourth bath guy for one week, and he's gone. He's like a Dr. Evil on Austin Powers. <laughs> he's on that he's ejector seat. He's down in the pit, right? He's gone. Uh but we now go to it's halftime. Halftime. Halftime of our Defending the Kingdom podcast, which is entitled Play the Team in Front of You. We get ready to go for the third quarter of our Defending the Kingdom podcast of playing the team in front of you, Chiefs against the Patriots this week in Foxborough. All right, now we're going into the next portion of the halftime, and it deals with Patrick Mahomes being prepared uh, even better for this game. He has played the Patriots twice in a 14-month period. But I think, too, Barbershop, the last two weeks, the last two weeks in grinding out the game in Mexico City, playing in really tough conditions uh, against the Oakland Raiders, and not having glossy stats, but making the critical play when he's needed to, has made a huge difference. Yeah, you know, Pat Mahomes is is definitely – matured, I think, on and off the field, doing great things, been able to um, not only um, as, a, as a quarterback um, show that he's been able to, I mean, throw the ball down the field, go to the running backs, um, rush, use his legs, fight coming back from injury. I mean, he's, he's done in a, in a season what most people need a whole career to do, um, and, 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 and having to go against what everybody would call the GOAT, right? he's going against the GOAT um, um, with Tom Brady. Tom Brady has set the mark of what quarterbacks from now until uh, in the future will all be graded by, Um, and it's the ring count. He has so many rings. He's been there. He's been in the primetime games. He knows how to lead guys when – when when it, when the offense ain't going right, he's been he kept them in every ball game and found ways to win. Uh, coming back in a Super Bowl against the uh, Atlanta Falcons being down, uh, coming back against the Seattle Seahawks when they're down. I mean he's he's battle tested and ready. So there's no surprise in Tom Brady, um, but I think Pat Mahomes is way beyond his years. Yeah, there's has been some surprising uh, surprises for Patrick Mahomes again to play the. How you in the hocus pocus kind of defense, and it's it's solid defense. It's just it's like playing basketball against a matchup zone. Is this man or is this zone? What is it? Well, it's both or it's neither. And the fact that they will give you something pre-snap and then within a second show you something from a different snap. Um, but so I you know I go back to the interception that he threw at the end of the half. Oh yeah, that's big in the game uh, last year in Foxborough. Talking about Patrick Mahomes. Or Dante Hightower. He baits him into the interception at the very beginning of the game. I mean, those are things that the Patriots will do to you. The sack that they got Mahomes on near the end of the half of the AFC Championship game, changing looks, different looks. I talked to Patrick this week. To me, I just think he's more ready to play these guys and the defense in front of him. Yeah, and we got to hope that those those mistakes um, that he made in that game – when he when he you know felt the the linebacker 
sugar and in there and he okay he's gonna be gone and I'm able to you know I'm able to throw it to Kelsey throw it up to Kelsey that's not something that he's able to um he, he's able to learn from right able to grow from um and I think that at that moment in that game he saw it and that's one of Pat's strengths his strength is the fact that he has a real short memory when it comes to <laughs> interceptions or, or, or bad throws and anything. He's he's really um, grown in that. He has a a, a, a three point shooter's mentality. Um, he has that Steph Curry. Um, the best shot is my next shot. I'm always open. I'm always ready. And he's always ready to throw that dagger. And um, being an MVP with as much talent in his arm, uh, being able to rely on the running game, rely on that offense to pound out a couple first downs. Um, and, and, and let's not forget the maturity of being able to, uh, when it's not there, when the big play over the top to Robinson and to uh, Cheetah, when the defense is, is playing super, super uh, off and soft and making you throw underneath, he's shown time and time again he'll take what the defense is giving him, first down, first down, and then get him with a touchdown. To me, that was the biggest deal of the last two weeks is he has taken what the defense has given him and not been over-anxious in I mean, he's end up putting up and making uh, key plays. A reminder, again, we're in the third quarter of this Defending the Kingdom podcast. It is brought to you by 360 Vodka, the official vodka of the Kansas City Chiefs. Again, perfect for the holiday season. Right, made right here in Kansas City, the hometown Chiefs Kingdom Vodka. And great for your next tailgate, which is coming up next week uh, against the Denver Broncos. But it's interesting. So if we're going to do the Steph Curry analogy here for – uh, Patrick Mahomes and I I was on shows last year uh, in the uh, Bay Area and they were going who's to remind you of I said Steph Curry they've almost laughed me off the show they had me on later in the year They're like oh no okay we see it but this is now Steph Curry looking to pass the ball to Draymond Green but they've got somebody different on him meaning the Patriots will do some weird stuff here they'll put Stephon Gilmore they're not afraid. They put him on Nick Falk in the uh, Eagles game. They put him on a tight end. There's times with Gilmore, they could put him on Kelsey and say, we're going to play Kelsey man-to-man with Stephon Gilmore. Yeah, and defensively, um, you know, I mean, and that's one of the things with Belichick. He's, he's so defensively uh, intelligent. He's been able to um, tweak, maneuver, manage his defense that just because you see Gilmore to a certain side of the field – you still don't know who he's actually covering. You don't know if he's covering by himself with underneath coverage. You don't know if he's in a zero technique. Um, and you don't know because uh, he'll he'll take Gilmore, take away one of your weapons. Then he'll bracket with two of his other defenders another weapon. And then he'll allow the, the seven guys up front just to take away the run game um, and keep a spy on the quarterback for a delayed blitz. So he's able to do that so um, over and over again that, you know, in the second and third quarter, you feel Hightower hanging around, and you think he's hanging around to be a quarterback spy. But he's actually now he's undercutting Kelsey and jamming him. Or he's up in the line of scrimmage, and you think, oh, he's about to blitz the A-gap. And then he sugar rushes and pops out as a, as a robber. Um, they've, been, they've been able to like uh, morph so many players on their defense to do so many things. Uh, when you go up and you want to execute, you just have to be so aware and in tune just what you see when the ball is snapped, that doesn't mean those guys are going to be there, you know. After they're not going to, they're not going to always do uh, what what you thought you saw on film. Um, that a gap player, uh, that edge player, that, that 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 those quarter or half safeties uh, at the snap of the ball because they stay there for a second doesn't mean that halfway through the play they don't uh, readjust and become a single high safety and somebody cuts down to a, uh, um, a zero route or something like that. So. Um, you just got to be very, very in tune to 
you know, be able to adjust on the run, uh, have your receivers be ready to uh, hot routes, be ready, um, all hands on board to come over to the side. Hey, let's talk about what we saw and be ready just to make it a full four-quarter game. They're going to do some things early on in the game that you haven't seen before. That's what Belichick does. He takes away your strengths and makes you beat him with your weaknesses. The great thing about the Chiefs is even if it ain't our strength, it's still better than most people's weakness. Yeah, and here's – so let's just take the uh, your example of Gilmore takes out Kelsey and then their bracket and maybe Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. But here and now becomes the importance of a Sammy Watkins and a Marcus Robinson or a McCall Hardman being able to get open because you can't do everything. That's right. I can't take – I can bracket you and I can take him out. What, what about 17? Am I going to handle 17 or 14 or 11? So it could be a game – where those guys have got to beat press, they've got to be open, they've got to make some big plays, uh, because the Chiefs have shown, Andy Reid's shown the ability to not just react to Belichick, he'll throw a punch at yeah. him. He'll throw a couple punches at him. Yeah, he'll create some offense philosophies that, you know, it doesn't key on Kelsey or um, Tyreek Hill once he realizes, okay, if you're going to defend those guys, if you're going to take away those two um, um, of my weapons, well, instead of making that my first and second read, those are going to be secondary thoughts. I'm going to start off with Sammy Watkins being the first read and then McCole Hartman being the second. And then if I need to, I can hit D-Rob as a third. Um, now, what New England will do to counter that is, like you said, they'll take away those first two options, but they, they'll count on their pass rush to yeah. make it so that you can't get to the third option. And uh, last year, Trey Flowers, right, he had a phenomenal game against us, bringing pressure off that edge. Um, so they'll find a way to generate, create some, uh, whether it's a delayed linebacker rush, uh, uh, or, or nickelback coming off the edge. They'll find a way to create. They want to speed up your tempo, make you deliver the ball um, before you can recognize exactly who they are got, who they're doubling, who they're taking away, um, and, and won't let you get to that free option. It was Flowers who had the huge sack yeah. against Mahomes at the end of the first half, which in the AFC Championship game, which loomed as a very large play because the Chiefs, I think, could have gone in down 7-3, um, the rally in the second half we all know about. Um but it leads me to two things here as we close out the third quarter of this Defending the Kingdom podcast called Play the Team in Front of You. Don't play the ghost. Um, and, and you bring up a couple thoughts. One is the offensive line. I've talked to those guys this week in their preparation. And New England mind jacks with your offensive line as much as any team in the league. How they line up on you. Let's say you're playing guard. They're going to be on your shoulder, inside shoulder, and then head up. And you're like, what are you going to do? And there's all these kind of games and twists or drops. Mm-hmm. They got two picks from defensive linemen, Barbershop. Yeah. So as an offensive lineman, the keys here, understanding um, and communication are key against these guys. Yeah, and, and you have to be so um, – the, the trust level, communication level of protecting the pocket, protecting the, 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 the sanctity of your quarterback being uh, comfortable in that pocket because you don't know if the end is looping around to go to another gap or if he's looping around to be a center or hole dropper. You don't know if it's a delayed blitz, if he's sugaring and then going to drop to the flat, or if he's going to delay a second and then come off hard off the edge. Um, there's so many different techniques they use um, with the defensive tackles and edge rushers, um, and not to mention the, the pressure they can bring by bringing those linebackers in the A-gaps uh, or a nickel or safety off the edge. Um, everything is on board. Everything is a possibility. Um, so you got to prepare for everything. Um, but with the one thing you can do, as long as you are communicating and you trust each other, um, we can all count, right? We can all count. And we know if, hey, if 54 is zero, then we can count. We know who's the next guy, next guy, next guy. And if we know who we got, we know who we got. Um, so no matter how they line up, whether you're on the ball, off the ball, 
um, uh, if they do that little um, uh, pay, uh, 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 Baltimore Ravens, the sugar huddle with no offense, no D lineman puts his hand on the ground. They're just walking around and then at the hike of the ball, they all just Here they come. Yeah, yeah, different gaps and stuff like that. So all of those things have to be aware for. But like you said, that's that's chasing ghosts, right? That's playing something that they've done in the past. If they do that, they can surprise you one time, and then you're ready for it. But it's the one time many times it's the scoop and score or the sack strip. That's what's happened this year with yeah. these guys. Um, the other thing in the, in the three previous games, uh, when you look at actually the last two, uh, with Mahomes losing last year in, in New England and then losing the, in the Chiefs, and then the Chiefs and Mahomes losing here in the AFC Championship game, could not get ahead of them. Actually, the 42-27 game, the open 17, the Patriots get ahead, they get ahead, they get ahead. Mm-hmm. So this is now playing tennis, and it's the Williams sisters, and Vanessa gets up 15 love. Chiefs have not been in that position. It's been, okay, we've got to climb back. It, it, this is one of those games it would be nice to start fast on every, all three phases and get a lead on these guys. It could change the tenor of the game, even in Foxborough. Yeah, I think if we definitely if we feed off the momentum of last week, yep. the week before, right, uh, the game against the Chargers, um, the game last week, we, if we feed off of that and understand the, the – to me, the primary and the number one thing I got is that we can play mistake-free football. No penalties, no false if, – if we can eliminate those type things, that's how you, you know – as a team that we've come with a with a purpose and a focus. Our focus is coming into this ball game is to win this ball game. Each drive, scoring offense, preventing them from scoring on defense. When you are not seeing a bunch of yellow flags being thrown, that's how you know everybody is super tuned in, um, super purposeful about their uh, about their skills and abilities and, and, and how they post a, uh, their job on the field. Uh, and that allows the teams to decide. All right, like let's see who's the better team. Not who performs, not who executes the best, and you know, take the referees out of it. Don't don't let don't let you know. Definitely in Foxborough, don't let the referees uh, um, play a part of this. Keep those flags in their pockets, and let's play some bully ball. Let's see who's the bad man on the block. Our offense versus their defense. Our defense versus their offense. Special teams against special teams. Our coach against their coach. Uh, uh, our fans online and abroad versus. Uh, Foxborough Stare. I truly believe if you add up the team and you check the boxes, the Chiefs are a better overall team in 2019 than the New England Patriots. I would agree with that. And again, there's this game will be tight. A couple microfibers of just a few things, a flag here or there. Final quarter here in our Defending the Kingdom podcast. Uh, play the team in front of you. Chiefs going to Foxborough to take on the Patriots. Again, it's brought to you by 360 Vodka, official vodka of the Kansas City Chiefs. But it deals now with the other side, on the defensive side, meaning the Patriots are living off Edelman and the running backs. Honestly, if you look at Tom Brady's attempts and completions, it is so centric. 60% of almost 70% of the attempts mm. are going to a combination of Julian Edelman and the running backs, and 59% of the completion are going to Edelman or running back James White or Brex Burkhead. The tight ends, think about not Gronk's not there. Well, the tight ends are 32nd in the league in production at that category. I mean, so here you are as a defensive team, as Spags, this is how you made your money. I'm looking at maybe two running backs in there at the same time and treating James White as a receiver, or three. Uh-huh. I actually anticipate they'd play three in there, and Burkhead is a receiver along with James Wright because Sonny Michelle's the runner. Yeah, from a, from a personal standpoint, like you said, uh, we've seen last game that it seems like Tom Brady has lost a little bit of confidence in uh, Philip Dorsett. 
Um, maybe, Thomas Sanu, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, Sanu on fourth down. You know, not you know, not connecting, not 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 catching that ball on fourth down. Um, and those are things that Tom Brady has been accustomed with his team overcoming, making those plays, and being able to win big ball games. And he understands that the the the, the, the league is caught up to him, and 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 he has to rely or at least throw the ball, attempt to throw the ball to somebody that he can count on. And you you said it just now, seventy percent of those balls being thrown is to the running backs and Edelman. And in a game like this against a team that he knows can put up points, a, a team he knows defensively can come at him, um, I wouldn't be, be afraid to see, see that number almost ramped up to 80%. Uh, when in doubt, the ball is going to Edelman. When in doubt, he's going to give it to uh, a white out the backfield and let, you know, if it's a third and eight yards, he'll give it to him on a swing route and say, hey, now you got to go make something happen um, because they're bringing the pressure and stuff like that. Um, we got to be so, so aware of the screen game. Mm-hmm. Uh, that screen game has been something they've been masterful at, um, trying to throw off your pass rush, uh, trying to negate uh, Sack Nation, number 95, big Chris Jones, and uh, Madman, number 55, coming off the edge, uh, guy Frank Clark. Uh, trying to negate some of, of the pressure those two guys can bring, um, you definitely start thinking, you know, I would be thinking, you know, hey, we got to defend the screen game. Screen game, draw game, inside trap, um, and then, be, you know, continue to be great um, against the, the, the passes downfield and uh, then the short running game. We're getting we're close to closing out things on this edition of Defending the Kingdom, but a couple things. One, the last four games, the Patriots are only averaging 18 points a game. Mm-hmm. They're averaging 18 points a game. You go, well, wait a minute, they're in Foxborough. They've won 75% of their games in Foxborough since 94. That's the whole tenor of this podcast is, I mean, you could play them in Karachi, Pakistan, Nova Scotia, or Kazakhstan. Play them. Play this team, whether it's in Foxborough or Kansas City, and win this game. It's there. The second thing is, and I'm going to give Brad Veach credit for this, one thing I really like about this Chiefs team, based on the matchups we're talking about, the Chiefs play a lot of three-safety nickel, meaning, Sorensen, Thornhill, Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew. Your nickel, your five DBs aren't necessarily three corners and two safeties. It's three safeties and two corners. What does that do to help you in this game against New England? Uh, it definitely makes you not as vulnerable against Tom Brady um, going to his sugar huddles and keeping you on the field. Um, you know, he's been known um, back from when it was just him and uh, Peyton Manning. Once they make a personnel change and they get you out of a, a personnel that, that you want on the field, they would sugar huddle, keep that, that personnel on the field, make you burn a timeout to change personnel. Um, and that's something they use as a, as, a, as a ploy to not only, you know, burn your timeout so you can't review plays late in the game, uh, but it gets you playing on your heels, knowing that you're either winded or you're in a personnel um, that shouldn't be playing against a first and ten personnel. You, you, you got regular out there, and you're, it's third and 17, and they keep you on the field and don't let you get your nickel or dime in. So by able, being able to play with those three safeties, um, and the three safeties you named aren't your normal safeties. Juan Thornhill has shown to have the hands, the, the, the hips, the uh, fluid. And he, he makes explosive plays. Oh, man. He's an explosive player. That he position. has top-end speed like a corner to be able to yeah. um, cover. Um, as you know, um, Honey Badger, uh, Tyron Matthew has been able to, through his film study and his veteran leadership, uh, he, he runs the routes for the receivers sometimes. As Derek Carr saw last week when he tried to throw that seven route, uh, he said, you know, Honey Badger wasn't supposed to be there. But Honey Badger understood from the, the, um, the personnel and the formation, and he saw Derek Carr's eyes, 
he came off his guy and ran the route from the receiver to make an easy pick. Um, one of those surprise now. Now you see me, now you don't. Uh, he's been a magic man back there. Uh, but having those guys being able to play, and, and Sorensen's been making big plays too. Um, so those three guys have been interchangeable um, and so uh, versatile. It, it's like you've been able to change your personnel without even changing it. Absolutely. And all three of those guys have made huge impact plays, as you've alluded to. Sorensen closes out Mexico City. Thornhill's pick six and Honey Badger now with two interceptions. Tyron Matthew in two consecutive weeks. All right, here we go, man. Um, play the team in front of you. Don't play the ghost. Sean Barber, Barbershop, on to Foxborough, my friend. Thank you for joining us in this edition of the Defending the Kingdom podcast. It's brought to you by 360 Vodka. Yes, it is on to Foxborough for the entire Chiefs kingdom. Thanks for listening to the Chiefs official podcast network. Ten, five, touchdown! Lock it down! And the celebration begins at Arrowhead.